Hey, this is Dr. Matt Chalmers, and you're listening to the Dr. Chalmers Podcast. We'll be covering how the body actually works so we can fix the things no one else can. So we talk about this a little bit, and this is this is going to come up because we've got some stuff coming up uh, and things I'm going to be talking about. Standard of care is a double-edged sword. It, you know, I'm going to say a lot of negative things about it, so I want to say some positive things about it first. Not everyone should get to choose how people are cared for. Not all doctors are awesome. Some doctors are much, much better at being technicians than they are being the person who decides what the best treatment plan for someone is. And so the idea that we figured out, hey, uh, you know, you should give this person this much of this medication per gram body weight, kilogram of body weight, and we should do things this way and treat people this way is good. Like at the end of the day, a lot of times it, uh, it it protects people more than it harms them. And so I get it. It, it, is, it is a great guideline. And I think it should be more of a guideline than a hardcore rule. It, it becomes problematic when it becomes a hardcore rule. When it's you do it this way and only this way, that's when we start having people die. COVID, I think, is a phenomenal example of that. We were, we were all told you can use these two or three drugs. Have to, you know, if, they, if they don't breathe right, you got to put them on vents. Like this is... Everyone has to run the exact same model. The problem was the model was bad. Now, I get it. We can all argue about if the model was bad on purpose. Um, I think it was, but that's what it is. And again, that's why it's bad. Because as a doctor, if you're sitting there looking at somebody and they go, well, here's the standard of care. And you look at it and you're like, this makes no sense. Like, we're, okay, we're going to just use COVID as an example. The vast majority of people, there were people, let me throw this out. There were people who needed to be on vents. I'd say 95% of them didn't. The vast majority of people who had COVID, if you had just COVID and you didn't have other issues like emphysema, you need to be in a hyperbaric chamber, 100%. It's obvious. It's it's so obvious. Uh, I, I don't understand why we didn't do it. Uh, it would be like, hey, I need you to move these this 500 pounds of gravel uh, five miles down the road, but you can only put it in your pockets. Why, why can't I put it in a truck and just move it all at once? Nope, got to use your pockets. Well, that's... That's asinine. That, that's basically what they were doing. So let me break that down for you a little bit for those who aren't docs. Ventilators help you breathe. Breathing, let me explain that. Breathe, what breathing is, is breathing is a mechanical function. So the reason we breathe isn't our lungs. Our reason we breathe is our ribs. So your ribs are sitting kind of like this. And in between the ribs are your intercostal muscles. So the reason we breathe is because the muscles contract and it opens up the, uh, the rib cage creating a negative pressure on the inside of our inside of our lungs you know, relative to the outside air pressure. So there's less pressure on the inside, more pressure on the outside. That forces air to be sucked in, creates a vacuum, sucks air into the lungs. And then when you want to breathe out, you contract those muscles and the ribs come together, creating a positive pressure on the inside versus outside, thus forcing air out. That's, that's how we breathe. That is not gas exchange. That is breathing. Ventilators are fantastic for people who cannot do the breathing, like their ribs aren't moving. And usually what we see is those people who have sticky stuff inside their lungs. So actual pneumonia inside their lungs. It's gluing the lungs together and making it hard for people to breathe. That's why we need vents. The, and so it blows air in the lungs, blows them up, everything's good. And then it sucks the air out. And so it, it does all the work for your muscles. When your lungs get coated and they get heavy and it's hard to move, 
It exhausts the muscles and the ribs and people just can't breathe, which is another reason why we should be doing cardiovascular work because it helps build the, the stamina and the ribs to breathe. But that's a, obviously it's a different conversation. A lot of the guys with COVID could breathe. Uh, you read the notes. If you, if you were a doc, you treated the patients. They'd come in, they'd talk, they'd laugh. They'd be all dizzy when they're standing up and then you'd lay them down and they'd be pretty good. And you could talk to them and they'd tell you all that's wrong with them. They'd tell you how they're feeling, the whole deal. They didn't have a lot of issues breathing. What was actually going on was that they couldn't get the oxygen from inside their lungs into their blood vessels. So they couldn't, they couldn't do gas exchange. Uh, they could breathe. They couldn't do gas exchange. So they're two different things. So basically what was happening was, uh, to use car terms, the gas tank was full of gas, but the engine couldn't get any. And if you ask a mechanic, you go, hey, man, I got, I got plenty of gas in the gas tank. But there's none in the engine. What's wrong? They'd be like, well, it could be fuel pump or fuel line. Cool. Well, in this case, we had to get it into the fuel line before we could get it in the fuel pump, which would be your heart. And that's where it was. That's where the breakdown was. All right. So how do we increase oxygenation of tissue? Hyperbaric. Hyperbaric oxygen increases tissue oxygenation by a thousand percent using Boyle's law. So that's just a physics. Uh, you put pressure into a gas. That gas will then emulsify into any fluid. This is how we make carbon, carbonated water, that type of thing. So if you oxygenate the air, so you put you're having breathing oxygen, and then you do that under pressure. One atmosphere of pressure will do it. 1.4 ATA is easily plenty enough, and then forces that oxygen in the plasma. That's what I was using uh, to treat COVID. That's how we started getting these guys with pulse oxygen in the high 70s, low 80s. That's how we got them back up. That's how we kept them all alive. Was using hyperbaric chambers, not ventilators. So the standard of care was to use a ventilator. And that wasn't the problem that most of these guys were having. And that's why a lot of the people who were on ventilators died. Not because the ventilator didn't do its job. The ventilator was doing a phenomenal job of doing its job. The problem was that's not the job we needed done. We needed the oxygen from the lungs to go into the blood vessels and then throughout the body, not get air from outside in. With the air outside in, that was fine. The air from the lungs into the body, that's where our problem was. And that's, that's why I was using hyperbaric. So like I said, the standard of care should have been hyperbaric, should not have been ventilators. And that's, I think, a big problem. Um, and the reason I think that that was done on purpose is because I am not smarter than every cardiovascular, cardio, cardiologist, vascular specialist, respiratory therapist, uh, you know, and in the U.S. I'm just not. And a lot of our hospitals have hyperbaric chambers. Like there's four or five of them here in Dallas, and they chose not to use them. And that, that order had to come down from somebody. Uh, so, I mean, that's the problem. That, that's, that's what we get into with, because a lot of docs, had they followed the standard of care and everyone died, they're okay. Like they can't get in trouble. If they didn't follow the standard of care and 99% of the people they worked on lived and 1% died, they can lose their license. They can be sued. They can all sorts of terrible things happen to them. So that's, that's kind of the issue. When I started, when I talk about the standard of care and I have issues with it, that's why. So yeah, it's a double-edged sword. I think, it, I think it does a lot of good, but there's a lot of easy ways we can look at it and be like, well, this is obviously where we should um, allow for abandonment of the standard of care. So the way I would like to see it done is in an emergency situation, anything you can justify with research or physiology, that, that, that covers standard of care. Standard of care would be physiologically based in, in things like, like we didn't know what COVID was for a long time. It's still not being discussed what it really is. It's a vascular issue. It's not so much respiratory. It's, that's just the root of administration. It's vascular. We didn't know what it was. A lot, of, a lot of people still don't, like I said. And so they should have been like, look, you guys can do whatever you want to. Um, you can use ivermectin. You can use 
you know, different steroids. You can use hyperbaric. You can use you know, quinine. You can use whatever you want. And if it works, tell other people. And whatever works the best is what we'll use. But that's not the way we would decided to go, which is, again, kind of why I said we did it on purpose. We did this to ourselves. So that's, uh, that's why I'm not a big fan of the standard of care. People have asked me a lot of questions about that. Uh, I thought I've answered a couple of times, so I want to make sure I went over it one more time. So that's kind of the, the big deal on that one. This has been Dr. Chalmers, and our goal is to get as much accurate health and wellness information out as possible. Please subscribe and share so we can help even more people. Stay healthy and stay safe. You can find us on all social media at Dr. Chalmers One and Dr. Chalmers Substack.